TwoQuestions.tv. Brief questions, deep knowledge for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Welcome to TwoQuestions.tv. I'm your host, Susan Barancini Mo. I'm joined today by Stacy Hunky. She's a mentor to C-suite executives and a keynote speaker who helps individuals see it through the eyes of their audiences. The result is career-changing insights, some of which I hope we're gonna get today. Over the last 20 plus years, Stacy has trained over 15,000 leaders, salespeople, business professionals all across the United States and abroad. The influence, skills, and techniques that she shares helps you to build the confidence, credibility, and presence that create lasting results. Stacy, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Well, it's always my honor to do these. I so appreciate you sharing the knowledge with your followers. Well, I'm excited that we are talking about this book, Influence yeah. Redefined. I have been plugging this book to my audience for, well, weeks now, talking about how excited I was to talk to you. <laughs> thank you for doing that. It's a great book. Well, um, and, and so the running theme through the book is that improving your communication is really at the heart of, of improving your ability to influence. And I think some people might think, oh, eh, that's a few tweaks here and there. It's a simple thing. I just have to stop saying um all the time or maybe do some of those you know, superhero poses. Um, but, but I know from the book that isn't really the case. So could you talk a bit about the journey and, and what it really takes to improve your communication and thus your influence? And also somewhere in this journey, are there things like imposter syndrome that need to be dealt with? Yeah. Oh, how much time do you have? There's directions <laughs> I could take that. I'll <laughs> from the book since you've got very, a lot of familiarity with it. The first is to really identify what influence is and what it's not. You stated it. There's many misperceptions around it, Susan. I think the biggest one is I see people all the time. They turn it on and they turn it off. And I kick off the book really defining what it is. Here's what it is. That your body language and your messaging are consistent Monday to Monday. But no one ever has to guess who's going to show up. The second element to influence is that you've got this ability to move people to action long after the interaction has occurred. Now, those two definitions, that's going to take focus, hard work, discipline. From there, I take the reader through what's called an influence model. And it's my 20 plus years of experience working with leaders who really believe they're more influential than they're not. Because, and this is part of the, one of the drivers to influence, a lot of leaders share with me how they get false feedback. So many times, it's very lonely at the top. You may have heard that phrasing before from leaders. Oh, yeah. Coach executives. It's this concept of anytime we ask, how did I do? Good, nice job. I talk a lot about first, you've got to be making sure that you prepare for the feedback before you ask for it, before you receive it, and then you have to take action on it. The other element to your question around where do people really begin is they've got to be deliberately practicing how they show up, their body language, their messaging every day. The good news is we communicate 24 seven every day. There's no reason to start turning our consciousness and our and attention on how we show up, how people experience you. The other piece to the book, I, I believe a lot of accountability. I, I love using sports analogies, Susan. And I think when we're talking about influence Monday to Monday, so the way that I define it and coach leaders, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. 
you really need that coach. And I'm not saying you have to spend money on a coach. You need someone who's really going to tell you the truth. I want to give you one more. The very first element, there's several elements inside this. I want our listeners, maybe this would help out. The influence model is a, it's a triangle. And you have feedback, practice, and accountability. There's several elements inside the triangle. The very first one, hands down, your, and another answer to your question around how do you build influence, you've got to be self-aware. I am intrigued by the fact that how we communicate versus what our listeners see, it's completely different concepts. There's so many misperceptions. I hear leaders tell me all the time, when I know what to say, it's easy. <laughs> Comfortable and easy and comfort, that doesn't mean you're influential. Or I've climbed my way up the ladder. I've worked hard to be who I am and to get in the position that I'm in. Influence, it's not a badge of honor. And it really, the book itself walks the reader through all these different elements that have to be in place Monday to Monday if you truly want influence to the way I define it, where we started this interview. Now, capture all your questions. It did. It did. Yeah. Well, okay. But for the imposter syndrome piece. Yes. Yes. Rephrase that. Would you reposition that for me to refresh my memory? Where, well, it's not, it's not its own question. I have another one. Okay. <laughs> this okay. is a sub question. See, I only get to, we're going to get to this part of it, but um, because I only get two questions. And so we're going to talk about that in a minute, actually. I have a selfish, selfish question. Um, but but the, the question is, where along the journey do you deal with things like imposter syndrome? I think first it's, it's the clarity of self-awareness. It's getting over the fact that how you feel truly does not mean that's how you come across. And one I do it through my mentoring, through our workshops, the team that delivers that for me, it's doing a lot of videotaping. I truly believe the more you videotape yourself, the more you audio tape yourself, the more clarity you get around how do I want to come across? What reputation do I want? Because your reputation is what everyone is saying behind your back every day of the week. Mm -hmm. telling you that that's where that feedback comes into play hands down if there's one step one action item that your listeners would take from this podcast today start recording yourself i promise your listeners that they will they're going to induce enhancements because when you see yourself and we're our best and our worst critics you will make changes without videotaping i i don't know how you can get over that now, when you are recording yourself, when you are watching the playback, all leaders understand through that process, get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> step that's going to get out of truly how you feel and what you believe to be true. We all know as leaders, the more uncomfortable that we are in our personal life, in our professional life, the more you're stepping away from what you know to be true, those are the very moments that development occurs. I am sure you probably share that same concept, Susan, with the leaders that you mentor as well. Absolutely. I mean, you have to be, um, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to know there are going to be times when you're going to feel awkward. It's just part of it. Uh, yeah. When I started this show, uh, I did not want to watch myself. <laughs> I didn't know what would happen, but, but it's been very illuminating and very enlightening. And, and, um, 
I feel like I want to do more video when I'm not on camera, like when I, you know, like when I'm interacting with yeah. people in a different way, it's a different scenario. So this kind of video, not the same thing. But, um, but one of the specific things you said, and here comes my selfish question, um, but I think, I think it will be beneficial to a lot of people. Um, in the book, you say communicating too much information invites our listeners and our readers to shut down and disengage. You said that brevity creates greater impact. And that's actually a big part of why I went from doing an hour-long podcast to doing a show where I only asked two questions. But as you can see, I still struggle with that format because I'm not a big, I don't do well with, with brevity. I am a verbose person. And so I do see a similar struggle with people who have a lot of knowledge, who have a lot of detail in that knowledge, and they want to share it. So what are some of those practical things that people like me who are naturally verbose can do to become more impactful and maybe more brief. <laughs> All right. The first thing is, I go back to creating awareness. I would start audio recording myself a lot. The fact that you're recording this podcast, keep listening to this, right? Review them after the fact. I audio record myself a lot on my smartphone. We have the technology to do it. No longer can we make up excuses. While you're on the phone, record yourself, not your client or whomever you're speaking to, record right. When you listen to the playback, you're really paying attention to what did it feel like during that interaction rather than what it sounds like. Where could have you added the pauses for brevity? What words could have you left out? And you should be writing that down and then place it. If you saw my computer screen right now, it's filled notes. It's feedback that I continue to get. It's feedback that I get from others as well as myself. That would be step number one. Once you get to that level of awareness, you need a starting point for you to be able to coach yourself. Then a great tool to remember is thinking and speaking in bullet point sentences. Mm. Speak like we read a book. Where people lack brevity, we speak in paragraphs rather than sentences. Instead of using a pause, that's the key to brevity. That's also the key to saying a lot, really with a little time, but a lot of impact. It's replacing all the extra words that are out of context. The words, the common ones are um and ah. There are <laughs> more though, the like, well, so, but, and. We also use filler phrasing. What I meant to say was, I'm going to ask you a question. All of that is we're buying ourselves time. We're trying to talk our way through that mind block when we forget what to say. It gets crazy chaotic. It becomes a cluster of a conversation because there's so much information coming at us. When we don't speak with brevity, when we don't have periods at the end of our sentences, we frustrate our listeners. Two things will happen. They either will go on their technical gadgets because the email is that much more interesting or they'll start aggressively interrupting you. Wow want you to get to the point and you're wasting time. Interruptions, that's a whole other topic. Most people believe that the listener's fault. Take a closer look at that and see, is it you first? Is it how you're communicating that message? It's like anything else, Susan. The more you take those two action steps, the more you practice it, the more you get constant feedback from family and friends. I'm not talking just about the high stakes conversation. I'm talking day in and day out, suddenly 
you'll feel it. Your self-awareness is there in the moment when you went off into right field, <laughs> when you should have stayed straight and to the point. Wonderful, wonderful advice. Thank you, that's, that's fantastic advice. Lots to work on, lots to take into the future. And viewers, if you would like to know some of this stuff, you should get this book, Influence Redefined by Stacey Hunky. It's a fantastic book. You'll learn more about yourself than you ever imagined. So if you found this interview and educational and informative, click the thumbs up button and give us a like, and please subscribe to make sure you don't miss any interviews coming up. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini Mo, visit us at www.twoquestions.tv.